Well, hello to all of our listeners at home. This is the Ordinary Church Podcast. I'm Connor. I'm here with Pastor Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Connor. It is uh, July 8th. Hard to believe it's already July, isn't I it? I know, I know. This year is, Craig, is Craig. flying by, and it yes. also feels like, wow, uh, January is a long time ago. A lot has happened since then. Uh-huh. Um, but let's get into today's topic for the podcast. We want to talk today about uh, the subject of justice, and especially just think about how does the Bible define justice, and, and maybe where is our culture drifted away from a biblical understanding of justice. So let me just start by asking you this question. Can you give us a biblical definition of justice and talk about the way the Bible uh, handles that idea? Yes. So justice is God doing what is right and just and fair. So justice and righteousness are married in Scripture. They're parallel terms. And so that's why when we read in First Peter 3.18, um, the just died for the unjust. Christ died for the unjust. So the just died for the unjust to bring us to God. Uh, it's also translated the righteous died for the unrighteous to bring us to God. Mm-hmm. So it's it, God doing what is right. But then you start talking about what does it mean to apply justice? You know, we know that God cares about and defends those who have been wronged. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for example, Isaiah 61, right? God is going to bring justice, but it's always about the gospel truth. It's never divorced from the gospel. Uh, but here's what we got to take a take a step back and really mm-hmm. uh, acknowledge. Uh, there's a lot of injustice in the world. Okay, we're not. That's exactly. No right. one's going to argue that yeah. the world is a just place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Again, I tell my kids as they're growing up, uh, life isn't fair, and that's one of my common refrains. Life isn't fair. The world is not a just place. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and let me take you to Ecclesiastes 3. In fact, I'm preaching on these verses uh, this Sunday on July 12, 2020. But he says this in in Ecclesiastes 3.16. Moreover, and this is right after he said there's a time for everything, that God is in sovereign control, providential orchestration of everything. And God has given mankind a task in life, and and you can enjoy life. Mm -hmm. He says, moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice... Even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. Hmm. And I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and for every work. But you look at verse 16, you're like, yep, that's where I live. Yeah. That's my address too. Yeah. There was wickedness in the place of justice. There was unrighteousness or wickedness in the place of the righteous. And the idea here is that evil and wickedness and unjust injustice and unjust actions and unrighteousness often find their way into the place of justice, into the place of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And we know the answer why. Because of sin. Because sin came into the world and ever since Eden, mankind was saying, I want to be God. And then it got worse at Babel, and it's continued to snowball throughout human history. One day, God will right every wrong. But until that day, things are going to get worse on earth. Yeah. And that verse even strikes that helpful note, too, that ultimate justice really is coming Mm -hmm. uh, in the end. Can you speak to that for a second? Because I think sometimes people feel like, wow, how is there ever going to be justice if we don't, uh, you know, aim for justice on earth now? But that verse says that oh, yes. in the end, God will bring justice. So Absolutely. Can you speak to that for a second? Well, the just died for the unjust to bring us to God. Okay. Now, well, here's what we often want. Mercy for ourselves and justice for everyone else, right? Um, but we will all get justice in the end. In the end, God will right every wrong and settle every score. 
Um, on the day that A.W. Tozier uh, put it this way, everything will get its true price tag and true worth will come into its own. Mm. And the idea that God knows the truth, God knows what's going on. And I just think um, the distinction that's getting made, I, I understand and resonate with all the sentiments of, wow, look at all the injustice. Yeah. Because it's true. I mean, we're looking all over the place. People are getting killed for no reason. People are getting judged for no reason. People are getting you know, treated very unjustly. Um, now, we can also take a step back as Christians and say, if people knew me as I really am, they would condemn me even more. But just take on face value that there's so much injustice in the world. What I've been trying to point out to people is there's a third way. It's not far left. It's not far right, as some Christians have gravitated towards. But biblical truth straight up says, yes, there is a lot of injustice in the world, mm -hmm. and we believe worse is coming. Mm -hmm. And so as Christians, we see and experience injustice and suffering. But our hope is anchored in Christ, in our union with Christ. Therefore, uh, we know that we we endure the fellowship of his sufferings, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that First uh, Peter 4, I mean, First Peter 4, 12 and 13, it says this, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you also may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And, and there you have it, when his glory is revealed. So he went through the cross. What does it say in, in 1 Peter 2.19? This is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this end, you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you must follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. You see that? So we continue to entrust ourselves to him who judges justly. Christ himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we've been healed. We were straying like sheep. We've come now, returned to the shepherd and overseer, literally the pastor and elder of our souls. So the idea is there will come a day. And right now, right now what we do, we work with what we have. Mm -hmm. We remember our first priority is to worship the one true God and be Christ's witnesses and uh, redeem the time for Jesus in the gospel, knowing that God's judgment is coming in God's time. Yep. Absolutely. So, so final question, just to piggyback on that, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. Mm -hmm. In this time, where we're looking at a world and seeing lots of injustice, what is the uniquely Christian response to that? How can how should Christians respond to and and act when they when they see injustice in the world? Love Jesus the most, and do whatever you want. Okay. Now that seems to give license to people to go and sin. Absolutely not. If you are loving Jesus with all your heart and mind and soul and strength, you will do whatever you can to do good in the world for other people. You'll do whatever you can to bring the gospel to bear on the situation. Mm -hmm. You'll do whatever you can to work with what you have. And remember that your first priority is to worship the one true God and be Christ's witnesses in the world, to redeem the time for Jesus and the gospel. So my word to you listeners is, Love Jesus the most and do whatever you want.
do whatever your conscience will allow. Yeah. Now, if your conscience has been cauterized, if your conscience has been seared, God's going to bring you to repentance if you're a believer. Hmm. And so I don't have to worry about what you're doing. That's encouraging. I need to worry about what I'm doing. Yeah. My heart. Yep. I can't, I can't look into your heart. And all I can say is um, do what is right in God's sight hmm. and, and just go face down before God. Just humble yourself before God. Prostrate yourself before God. Seek God diligently and sincerely. Confess your sins and seek to make a difference in your little corner of the world. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Pastor Mike. Would you, uh, would you like to pray for us? Absolutely. Close? Okay, Absolutely. Thanks. Lord God, we thank you and praise you that you are God and that you always do what is right and good and true and just. And there's never injustice with you. And Lord, we confess that we are unjust. We are unrighteous. We perpetrate injustice. Even as we are crying out for justice in the world, we have the tendency to perpetrate injustice against others. On our best day, we are weak and flawed, but that does not cause us to give up because we have union with Christ. We, we experience, we see injustice and suffering. We suffer, we have injustice even towards us at times. We thank you, Lord, that our hope is anchored in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you are in control. Lord, may we worship you and may we redeem the time that you give us, uh, acknowledging the pain, enduring the pain, and looking to the one who took our pain at the cross, knowing uh, that your judgment is coming in your time. So today, even Lord, use us for your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Mike, thanks so much. Listeners at home, we love you and we will uh, talk to you next time on the Ordinary Church Podcast. 